Welcome to Spirit in the Schools, a show revealing the Holy Spirit through self-gift and education. And now, here's your host, Mr. Zach Coyle. Spirit in the Schools! Welcome back, listeners, to Spirit in the Schools, where we share stories from education that reveal God's presence and offer practical responses for family life. I'm your host, Zach Coyle, Principal of St. Vincent de Paul in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Today's episode is titled Planning for Wellness. We'll be looking at how we do that in school life and how that shows the fruit of the Holy Spirit, patience. I'm here today with two of my colleagues from St. Vincent's, our two school counselors, Jody Helmer and Katie Giant. Welcome, Jody and Katie. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. We are thrilled that you're on air and thrilled with all the good you give our school. So really, thanks for coming on. This is this is really wonderful. But that'll kind of be our opening question is thinking a little bit about how do we actually plan? How, what do we do to plan for wellness? And, you know, I couldn't help but think of a story. So at St. Vincent's, we have something called Coffee and Conversations, which, of course, Jody and Katie know, but for our listeners. So our parents can come in periodically throughout the year in a scheduled form and just share what they love about the school and, and some ideas for, you know, where we can grow. And it was amazing to me that one of our new families just opened up with applauding and, and really lauding you both that your love in supporting, in this case, her children has been so palpable and so profound and that they really complimented you knowing that, you know, if a child isn't really at his or her best, they are very unlikely to come forward and say, oh, hi, you know, I'm, I'm suffering, I'm hurting right now, please help. You know, almost no child will ever do that. And so they were really complimenting you for having the vision to go after the child, to check in on them, to, to you know, pursue them. So I think that's just a great starting point is to thank you both and to think about kind of what's the overall approach? What, when you're planning to serve our children well, what are ways that you uh, really intentionally seek them out to be able to check in on their wellness and to grow and deepen that? What comes to mind? Well, I'm glad you brought up the new student thing because that, when we start the school year, that's the first thing we do is we look at who are the new students. We meet with every new student. I meet with the students in the younger grades. Katie meets with the older students. We welcome welcome them. Um, <clears throat> Katie even has been very creative in our school bulletin board to have all their pictures on there. Oh, yes. I love that idea. <laughs> Well, I think about when we um, when we welcome, you know, a listener may not know that we're a school of close to 800 students. And so we might think about kind of a national Catholic school model. We're fairly large for Catholic grade schools. Many Catholic grade schools are 400 or less or even 200 or less. And it might be then a lot easier to do that, right? So, okay, we have 20 new students and we're going to go get to know them. But we might have in a given year, you know, 80 new students. And, and that might be, you know, large, but... Uh, if we count our kindergarten class, then it would be more than that, actually. But, you know, beyond kindergarten, we still have several dozen. So when when you go out to do that for them, is there a certain kind of approach that you take when you're just helping them feel welcome and helping them know that they're loved? Because you do that. I see that in any, like, what comes to mind or what's on your heart when you make that first outreach to them? Um, so initially, when we meet with the new students, mm. um, we get to know them, just their general background, what their family life is like. Um, and then we kind of do a follow-up with them after a week or so just to see how they're getting acclimated to the school. Um, and then that's where we would decide whether they need further support or if you feel like, okay, they're really um, fitting in with the community. And then they would fall under our different levels of support, which are tier one, two, and three. 
um, and how we could best fit them in. But our main priority at the beginning is definitely meeting the new students um, and making sure that we're fitting their needs as soon as possible. Well, Katie, I love that you even brought up tier one, two, and three, because if if someone's really uh, been a regular listener of the show, our inaugural episode was on our PBIS program, and we really talked about our tiers and what that means, right? And so just as kind of a, a very over-condensed recap of that, all students fall within the tier one supports of how we teach them, and how we serve them in our program. But probably for any given school, roughly 20% or so will need more support. And so that's our tier two. And we start to actually name and, and describe what we'll do there. And then there might even be five and sometimes a little more or so percent that need even more intensive. And so that's tier three. So it's just great to like kind of rename that. And Jody, I think so for, for many years, how many years was it when you were the only counselor that the school had? This is Katie's second year. So I've been there 20, so 18 years. And so, you know, if you think about that as a listener with the school, maybe mm-hmm. we weren't quite at 800 in those in those time, but still, you know, many hundreds uh, meeting all of the new students and planning for that. So it's amazing to me that you had that profound goodness to, to you know, meet the students uh, in a solo act because you both have completely, completely filled plates, right? Uh, so it's so generous that you're here today. But yeah, so let's think a little bit about that tier two then. So when you, if you realize that a child is actually needing a little bit of time, I think there's some incredible ways that we do follow up with them. So it might look a little different yes. for which grade level they're in. So mm-hmm. maybe, Jody, you'd start with the K-4 to world. What, mm-hmm. what are some ways you do that? Well, we try to, with those tiers of intervention, just like we teach the academics, Katie and I do our model off of that. So every student has guidance lessons every quarter with Katie and I, regardless of their grade level. And then some of those things we teach at Tier 1, some of the students might not get. So then in Tier 2, for me in K through 4, that would look like, how is their personal space? And we do something called Personal Space Camp. I love the name of that, by the yes, way. Did you come up with a name? I never asked well, you Well, no, there's books out there. Well, it's still a cool name. It's, it's super great. fun. We yeah. play with hula hoops and blow bubbles. Like, let's be honest, yeah. I love it too. <laughs> hey, I love it. And But it helps for those students in a fun environment to kind of be reinforced, like we've got to get better with this behavior. Right. We also, at Tier 2, offer grief and loss support groups for all students, K through 8, and some model me classes for the kids that leave personal space then with me. They'll go into um, some more school-type groups that, like, we raise our hand, this is how we listen, just school behaviors that they might need help with. And also emotional regulation. We do some in the lower grades, just helping them to know what to do, some coping skills, how do I, what do I do when I get angry in the classroom? I mean, some... who among us since the COVID era does not need some yes, support on the emotional absolutely. regulation side? Mm-hmm. I, I actually, to some extent, really do mean that and that we've, we've endured a lot of hardship as a society and as a planet. And so uh, what a beautiful grace that, that we plan for that. And, I, you know, I think for me as a parent, and if you're a parent listening, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to imagine stepping out of the principal role, but, but to do that and just think about, so what do I hope for as a father for my children? knowing that they have that opportunity, that if they're having some struggle, and it could be, uh, God forbid, but if it's a grief loss thing, if it, and if it's an emotional regular, like that, that's there. You know, if they need some help modeling, like it just, it really does give you a real sense of peace that others are trying to support you in, in what we would teach at home. So thank you. Katie, for grades five to eight, it may look a little different. Like, you know, we're not maybe going to name it personal space camp. And usually by fifth grade, that's, typically been learned, personal space often has, 
But we have so many new needs, I think, that are really emerging in those years. So what are some ways you follow up for some tier two support or, or tier three either way? Yes, for um, tier two groups um, specifically, I also do offer the grief and loss for fifth through eighth grade. Um, and then I do study skills groups um, in the afternoons, which keeps kids on task, um, just following through with their homework and also just motivating them academically. Um, because sometimes, you know, they just have struggles with that. So they need that extra push. Um, and then I also piggybacked off of Jody. Um, one year she had sent out a form to parents in fourth and fifth grade to kind of gauge to see what the parents' needs were for their kids. Okay. And I think I wanted to highlight that in fifth grade because my first year here at St. Vincent's, I noticed that there was um, a deeper level of need in fifth grade specifically. So currently, I am running a stress management group, um, and then following up with that, I think I will be doing um, a social skills group um, slash friendship group. See, I think that's so beautiful that it's it's really data-driven and actually asking our parents, like, what, what do you need help with, right? Who in the world right now does not need stress management? I mean, I'd, I'd love to be able to tell you that we've, we figured it out in Catholic schools, and, and to some extent, that'll be a theme that we talk about today. Our faith actually does give us tools to, to come at that question with, well, yeah, we actually have answers for stress management, right? Our peace is in the Lord. And so we'll, we'll get to that. But we know that we really have to use our talents as, as their leaders to be able to teach them that. And so, you know, if a child's not learning well, what's the underlying thing happening for them that's preventing that? And it could be stress. It could be a number. It could be grief or loss. It could be these other things and that we have a response for that. So thank you for surveying our parents, Katie. That's that's phenomenal. And I think, too, the just the idea of uh, the social skills, you know, hearing that parents are, are seeing a need for that. You know, I think that's probably forever been the norm in adolescence, but maybe more so now in the modern era where technology certainly plays a role in that how we socialize, even from a young age. That's something we're still actually trying to plan with as a school and kind of define what what uses we have for tech and what limits. But just hearing the response that it's needed and that we'll step into that. So that's a great way to pursue the kids. And, and that's awesome. Well, Jody and Katie, I really wanted to thank you and ask you a little bit more about a program, of course, that I know about, but for our listeners, which is uh, the national program is called Alveus after its creator. But we have, uh, because of your wisdom and vision for this, more than really infused it with Catholic identity, really placed this squarely within the realm of our faith. And so we call it our community in Christ time, our meeting time, or our community in Christ expectations. This, though, for us would be really a tier one. This is something all of our students have. So... What this is at its most basic is an anti-bullying program, but it's a weekly meeting time. And I just really would envision just or ask our parents to envision who might be listening to the podcast. You know, not every school has a program like this. Think about if your child has a program time to hear about how we are treating one another. So there's very specific rules about how we won't bully others. And we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. Mm -hmm. But I just think this is profoundly good and so worth celebrating and pointing out God's presence in like, We've decided as a school, and I got to inherit this. This was from your wisdom. It was long predating my arrival. We will take intentional time every week. We have a half hour every week where we're actually going to stop the other planned curriculum and use this planned curriculum about where are we, how are we treating one? We're going to live the greatest commandments here very intentionally, right? So treating our neighbor as as we want to be treated, loving our neighbor as herself. Um, so Jody, walk me through a little bit. How did you, because I know you've told me this a little bit before, listeners, how did you know there was a need to bring this and I think it goes back maybe about 10 years now. Is that right? About 2011, um, we were blessed with two administrators that were looking ahead and knew that the state was looking at um, bullying legislation. Mm -hmm. 
there was funding out there for us to ha- use that money towards some type of program. So the administrators and I researched, and the Oveas Bullying Prevention Program is the one that we came across. Right. And looked to be the most successful, but also took a, a many-year commitment. Yes. So for us to now be through so many, you know, you're our third administrator in this program, and we're still going strong. So that's a testament to our teachers and our school and our community. So for somebody who's never heard of it again, so the the program nationally is called Oveas, but I I think this was your vision in it, and and if it was going back to previous administrators as well, how did how did you know the Lord was inviting you to really theme it uh, fully within our our Christian faith? So the students won't probably recognize that name. You know, mm-hmm. they'll call it a community in Christ meeting Catch time. Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they'll and they'll know that every week they have that right. So yes. how did that come to you? So we had a Catholic trainer from South Bend. We were very blessed to use a trainer from South Bend who was already doing this in Christ the King in South Bend. Okay. So she worked with us and said, we can kind of make it our own. So then we had a committee and we worked together as far as making our rules called our community in Christ responsibilities and our meeting time called our community in Christ meeting time, making sure that... Christ was present in everything that we were doing, which is what Amen. we all do every day. Amen. Yes, right. So, and then the committee was very integral in moving it forward with the other staff and getting buy-in because it's another thing to add to the teacher's plates. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, that can be a real thing that we're we're saying as a school, we're going to shift the schedule in a fairly profound way. Half hour a week is a fairly profound amount of time and say that we actually believe that this is our mission, right? Which which it is. You know, our, our mission statement at our school is to enable our students to live and share their Catholic faith while growing in academic success. And I love the wording there because we, we place the faith first, and that that really is right. And I think our, our talk today about planning for wellness, we can't really learn and grow in academic success if we're not coming from that place, right? And all of us might have some wavelength there of some up and some down, but if we're not fundamentally you know, at peace with uh, with real wellness there, you really can't be learning. You know, you're, you're thinking about what's not working. So I think the Community in Christ meeting time is just one of the things when I learned about was that we had, I, I remember thinking like, what a tremendous grace this is that our school has this. So let's just recap for a moment, right? If we think about the title, Planning for Wellness, this is pretty incredible to think about how many different groups in the tier two strategies that you both are, are running, right? So both of you have a grief and loss group. We've talked about personal space camp. We've talked a little bit about the stress management and um, also the social skills group and, and actually having that in response to parent data. So again, Katie and Jody, thank you both for surveying. I think that's so important. But then we've also now talked about our community in Christ time, which again is a weekly half hour time. So thinking about that just to go a little deeper for somebody who's never heard of it. What are some of the, the you know, content pieces? What are some of the themes that our, our teachers will talk about? Because for Alveus, that is a national curriculum. So there's actual material that, that teachers can learn and be trained on. What are some of the, the rules or topics we get to? And again, we know this, but this is for a listener who's, you know, who's not heard it. So, so every, like you said, we have half an hour each week and every grade level has a different set of lessons they follow. And Katie right. and I help with those, changing them, trying to find them new things. But And all our staff, new or old, is trained every year on this OVAS program. But they would, for example, review what a definition of bullying is. They would go over our community and Christ's responsibilities. I will not bully others. I will include others who are left out. And the littles especially would review each one of those each week. Yes. 
That's and then great. the older kids, it's a different challenge. And then Katie <clears throat> makes sure that the older kids have the same, some of the same lessons, but they've learned some of the, these things already. So, Katie, this just came on my heart, and I should have probably alerted you ahead of time. But knowing that you're an alum of the school, I was just wondering, would you have overlapped with it? But I don't know that it would have. You may have predated. Do you remember actually as a student? No, this program definitely has come full circle for me because okay. I believe I was the first grade okay. that had this program implemented. And I think that there was just, you were able to make a bigger connection with your peers. Yes. Because you had group discussions. You were able to come as a class and incorporate your faith in some of these lessons. And so it's nice to see that still continuing when you observe the classrooms and you see them talking about, I mean, this year, especially Jody and I are focusing on the fruits of the Holy Spirit and their lessons. So seeing them this month talk about self-control or last month patience. Um, I think it gives kids time to really relate to one another and, um, like I said, come together as a true community in their grade to share things that are going on in their own lives. Yeah, just on me while listening, I thought probably you you might have experienced that as a student. Mm -hmm. So what a, what a grace. You know, it's amazing how God works because I, I imagine probably at that time you never thought you would then be a leader of the program, right? Uh, and in my own life, you know, I didn't discern the call to become a teacher and, and later administrator when I was a student. So, you know, it's just God reveals that when he's when he's ready and and that's part of the journey of faith. So that is beautiful. And I and I love that we just mentioned patience as one of the fruits that we're focused on, because for me, that's one way of really seeing God in this and that this level of planning really is something that takes a persistent patience. Right. It's just it's not something that you just say, OK, well, I'm going to write one lesson plan, however much work that could even be, and then be done. Right. This is a commitment that's been lived and renewed with ongoing trainings. We have at least two coming up this fall that, Jody, you're, you know, you're giving for new staff because we, we constantly are blessed with new staff. People, you know, come for sometimes a season and sometimes for a career. Right. And it's it's so we need that training. But I think, too, about Katie, like this was actually in your life as a student and the fruit of that patience kind of being lived out. So that's always one of the goals of the podcast is that we, we think about, so what are the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Well, they're observable behaviors of people who have allowed God's grace to be effective in their lives. In a sense, then, they're observable behaviors of God, right? Because if, if somebody's showing God's grace, they're, they're showing God. So the patience required to get this kind of off the ground, but then give it sustained life. That definitely takes real real patience and, and definite planning. So it's a beautiful thing to really see God at work in our school. And I want to think again, too, about, you know, if a parent is saying, well, my school doesn't have anything like this. Katie, you said that when you were a student, it helped you with your peer relationships, right? Think about that. There's going to be at least a half hour every week where we actually have to speak about, are we seeing bullying? And, and that we're being taught, we're, we're all directly sharing and we will not bully others, right? And we're going to tell an adult if bullying is happening. And I, I have to know if I'm a student a half hour of every every day that we do, so it's Wednesdays for us. It could be whatever day you know school wanted, but every Wednesday I'm going to have to come in and, and speak to this. Which, by the way, kudos on the Wednesday planning because like historical attendance data for every school out there of any grade level, Wednesdays is, is one of your high points, right? So that was I don't know if that was thought. <laughs> I don't know if that was thought through like that. It was probably scheduling. Well, the Holy Spirit does that, you know. Yes. So well, and our program has only been so strong for so long because our teachers have invested. They have invested in the planning, the lessons. We have a teacher lead for every grade level for this program, and they make it happen. Like Thank they you, come everyone. up with new ideas, and if they need something, they tell us, and we try to find them new curriculum if they need it. 
Yeah, that's so great. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, let's all give a huge thank you to our teaching staff because it is quite a demand in that they're called not only to be masters of each area of curriculum they serve, but truly disciples of Jesus who lead our children more fully to the Lord. And this, I don't think you can really see real success with this if you don't have a discipleship mentality, because, you know, the the whole, you would just be reading a book to read a book, you know, and it wouldn't have any real meaning. But for us, if we think about, you know, loving the Lord God with everything that we are, loving our neighbor as ourself, the greatest commandments, our teachers do that, you know, and they want our children to know that they take that seriously. So it is really beautiful. Well, that is great. So I, I think one of the things we want to do is offer our listeners some responses, uh, you know, for their own family life. So they could be on the Spokestreet platform. They could be around the nation hearing this. And so, I mean, one on an obvious is that if they're interested in learning more about Olvaeus, certainly they could even search that online or, or look up our own school. And, and that is a national program they could look yes, into Yes, it's into out there. There's lots of different um, ways to find the information and to find the programs that go along with it, with right. Hawthorne. Sure. Um, so thank you for giving uh, to that background, Jody. I really appreciate it. But I think for a parent that just like right now, we've been hearing about planning for wellness. So at St. Vincent's, Katie, you've taken serious time serving the parents and you've responded to that. Jody, you've done the same. So we've had all this. But what what can we do in family life? And I, I really wanted to ask you both to reflect on that. And Jody, you were sharing really the importance of faith as one of the core ways we do that. So what was on your heart when you when you first thought of that? Well, over the years, I have seen, and statistically, it's out there that people that have a strong faith and have that hope are less likely to become depressed. And if they are, they have hope and they Mm -hmm. have a community to lean on and talk to and giving your child a gift of that faith, going to church, helping them pray, bringing them up in our Catholic schools is a gift that our parents, um, is an amazing gift they're giving them. Yeah, we share that. Amen in a huge way. And, you know, I think about that's kind of the the fundamental truth of Christianity that can be often overlooked because it is the foundation. Don't we often do that? Like when you're in a building, we're not looking down at the foundation. We're looking at whatever level we're on, right? So the foundation is the resurrection, you know? And so every suffering we have, and we have suffering, I mean, Jesus is the model of that too, ends with a resurrection, right? So it, it may be that in some cases, that that can be a next life thing. But like for our children who are hurting, we're not talking like that. We're talking about, no, we're, we're working intentionally to lead you to that resurrection right now and your faith will really help you get there. And if, you know, if we didn't have that as our ultimate hope, I don't, I don't know where we would connect, you know, because if somebody's really feeling a sense of hopelessness and they don't have that underlying belief, where do you lead them to find that? I, I wouldn't know where to start, you know, but our faith, we do know where to start. So thank you, Jody, for sharing that. So parents... We, we try to share two tips, really, as a way to kind of in response. So one tip would just be, how can you more authentically share your own faith with your children as one way to plan for their wellness? That if we were not doing that, uh, we would really be just not setting them up for enduring wellness the way we would hope, you know, as parents for our children. So then I thought about a second tip, and then you both are, are modeling this for our listeners about what you do with the students. But so moms and dads could take this in. How are we connecting to our children? Right, and there's kind of like two ideas within this. So one idea is that can we reconnect with our children each time we see them, right? So it's that time picking them up from school or if uh, maybe you have somebody else dropping them off and they're older and, and you're getting home. Like when you get home from work, you know, how are you reconnecting with them then? And to maybe make an intentional tradition of we really are going to drop everything for five minutes and we're going to talk to one another and literally drop it. I mean, like not to the point of breaking it, but in the modern world, there's always some device in our hands that that prevents you know, or can prevent anyway, almost always would, 
that authentic connection. So that might be one important thing to do. Or if your child's coming back from a sleepover or another party or something like that, that's a time to connect. That might be one way. Another might be to just really set an intentional time with your family. And some families really will struggle with that. You know, I, I hear a lot of families who have some of our junior high students, especially if they're maybe then the youngest. So their other children are much older, you know, and they're running to, I can't even envision yet. My, you know, my own kids, you both know, are so young yet. But they're running to a thousand things. So it's like, well, no, we really can't actually take five minutes at a set time. It's like, well, but you're on the car at one time or another, right? Um, and I even heard the, uh, recently at one of our parent formation nights, um, a family right in this walk in life was sharing that, that, you know, at first they had to adapt, that they're often not all together, but moms and dads have time with some of their children at different intervals. And so that connection might look different, that they'll speak to two of them and then two of them or, or three of them and then one or whatever. But we have maybe an opportunity, even in the car, that, you know, some, some window of, of time to just set within the week of, we're actually going to speak to one another, but how are we doing? So planning for wellness actually can lead to more wellness. And probably for parents too, that idea of patience, because certainly we've seen um, in our own students, when someone's hurting, they're not going to be super joyful about launching into that conversation. Do you, do you find that to be true? No, definitely. Yes. It's a lot harder when our, when our hearts are heavier, right? So we have to really be patient and persist in those questions. In the conversation. Yes. Because the child might Think, notice that you're busy and that you don't have time, but really taking the time to listen and push a little bit deeper into those conversations with them. Yeah. Sure. Well, so those are two tips for this one, which I think is really great. And I just really want to thank uh, you both. Jody and Katie, I, you, you really lead first with your faith. And I think from that, an authentic love. And I really just, you know, not that we use that word with the students, but I have the great privilege of seeing it. And so that that really is what it is. And I think, gosh, you know, as a parent, that's really what we hope for our schools, right? That our, that our staff are filled with that love that, and so that's, I kind of want to end with where we began. So, you know, we had this coffee and conversation. That was the opening point that our parents made is that they were just singing your praises because they knew that you were working on their behalf to help their children not only do well now, but be on the path to get to heaven. Like what a, what a just joyful, uh, just grace and, you know, a sign of the Lord's patience and, and the fruit that it gives us. So thank you both so much for being on. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We are thrilled to have you. And again, if uh, if any parents are interested too in learning more about Oveas, they can even find some information on our school website. So God bless you all. Yes. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week on Spirit in the Schools. You've been listening to Spirit in the Schools. Zach Coyle has been your producer and host. This episode was edited by Tony Marks. And for more information, go to spokestreet.com slash spirit. Spirit in the schools.